Welcome to Mentality Meets. My name is Peter Larkham and I created Mentality uh, during the summer of 2019, which feels like a very long time ago, um, with everything that we've got going on. But I just wanted to uh, introduce you and, uh, well, introduce myself and welcome you to Mentality Meets. Mentality Meets is all about meeting other people with lived experience of mental health illnesses uh, and just gleaning some information from people who have been through mental health illnesses and who have come out the other side uh, and just to try and find some of the patterns and some of the tools that they have used to help them get through. So we're about to get started on this call. We've got a number of people already waiting. So I will start introducing people now. Oh, I need to unmute Angela. So Angela, hi, are you there? You're there. I'm here. Welcome and thank you. So this is, this is Mentality Meets. And the idea of this is that I'm Pete Larkham, nice to meet you. Um, and last summer I created a training, a mental health training course called Mentality. Um, and the idea of Mentality is, I personally believe that everybody in the world needs to have a base knowledge of mental health. Um, and I've been delivering mental health training now for uh, well over 10 years. I've been involved with emotional literacy now since 1997. Uh, and so I've been involved in this, in this field of work for a really long time. Um, and as the trainer at the front of the room, uh, I have constantly asked myself, what about everybody else? What about the other people who aren't receiving the training? What, what about their mental health? Um, and so that's what led me to, to create Mentality. Um, and you can access Mentality at www.mentality.work, and I don't want this to be a, an advert on that. Um, but it is about having something available that's for anyone and everyone. Because in the world that we live in at the moment, which is changing so quickly, um, I feel like we all need to know what our normal level of weird is, because um, none of us are normal. And this whole world is no longer normal. Um, and we need to also understand that uh, our mental health shifts and changes and in the environment that we are in, we also need to know what is okay and how we manage to, to support people as well. So if you've just joined us, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, and you can put a little chat. So find your little chat button at the bottom of your screen and just type in, hi, what's your name and where are you from? Just as I can say hi to some other people, because um, we're now on two pages worth of people. So hi, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, so my last message in is Emily from Scarborough. Hi, Emily and Jay in London. Uh, Hardeep, I think I've already said hi to you. Uh, we've got Nick Howes in Leatherhead, Mand in Stafford, uh, or someone else in somewhere else. Oh, you're going too quickly. Viv in Hagley, uh, someone else in Birmingham. So, okay, uh, brilliant. We have people from all over. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, I just want to invite uh, Angela to, to say hi. So, Angela Smarter, uh, welcome to Mentality Meets. Uh, can hi, I everyone. Just introduce yourself and give us a little bit of knowledge about who you are. I always hate this bit. I never know what to say. God. Um... So my name is Angela Samata and I have um, worked around mental health for uh, about 16 years now. I also work in the arts um, and I, yeah, I, I'm just obviously very, very interested in, in kind of in mental health, in what we're doing, in, in things that can help, things that definitely don't help. 
Um, so I presented the BBC One um, documentary, Life After Suicide, um, and that was back in 2015, that was first shown. Um, and it was amazing to see a film like that about my personal experience of being bereaved, but going around the country, meeting lots of other people and hearing about their lived experience. Um, it was amazing to see that kind of rocket and, and um, I worked with a brilliant team and that got nominated to BAFTA, which was amazing to see a documentary about, about mental health and suicide being, uh, yeah, going to BAFTA. So we were in the same category as Louis Theroux and uh, Louis didn't win, neither did I, <laughs> but it kind of felt okay, <laughs> even being in the same category, even being in the same room. Um, and then I've gone on to do lots of other things uh, with people with lived experience and I have worked with lots of you actually, I'm seeing lots of faces that I recognise, hi Jan, hi Pete. Um, and uh, I also co-authored the Zero Suicide Alliance um, uh, training as well so so yeah um yeah so that that's my experience amazing thank you um and so what i'm going to do as we go through this time together is i'm going to be asking angela some questions uh and just getting some thoughts uh from her um and also just kind of sharing some other thoughts around this now um what I love about the idea of using Zoom is so as we can see you, so as you can see us and have a little bit of that connection while we are uh, socially yeah. distancing ourselves. It's amazing. I've, I've, never, I've never done one of these with so many people. It's just absolutely beautiful to see everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm just, thank you so much for tuning in. It is awesome. So uh, what I'm going to do, because I forgot about questions, I did one on, on Monday and totally forgot to ask questions at the end. So I'm gonna ask a question now that I'd like you to have a think about and answer, which is in this social isolation process, what are you doing that is helping you on a day by day basis? So whether it's something about a routine or whether it's about just getting out and enjoying the weather or whatever it is, give us one top tip from you of what you are doing to help you at this time. Uh, and what I'll do is uh, I'll read through those as Angela and I um, chat. So if you can have a think uh, and get involved on your chat messages and then we're gonna try and leave about uh, 10 minutes at the end for any questions that you have. So also, if you want to write a question, can you just start it with QU and then your question? So as I can pick those out quite quickly in the chat bar uh, and then I can come directly to those and we can ask those questions at the end, okay? Uh, so brilliant. Also, welcome to the ground rules of a session like this. Um, Angela and I are going to be talking about mental health, which is an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. We have no idea about you. We have no idea about your history. We have no idea how you are today. If any of the stuff that we talk about becomes a little bit more vulnerable than you're expecting, um, firstly, can I ask you to let me know somehow through the chat? Um, but also, if you just need to take a break, please do take yeah. a break. Look after yourselves as we talk about this um, because I want us to be honest and real with these conversations, but I also don't want you guys to feel uh, vulnerable, too vulnerable as we go through this. So Angela, that was my um, question to everyone else was, uh, what are you doing to help you in this process? What are, what are you doing? What have you done today to help you in this, in this kind of time? <laughs> God, it, it is just the most surreal of times, isn't it? It's the strangest thing. Um, so I think for me, um, I'm doing lots of baking because I discovered that I had an oven <laughs> last year and uh, 
And I was really close to burning out last year. Um, it was Christmas and I was really tired and I've been working too much and I've been definitely talking too much. Um, and I've been doing a lot of filming and a lot of different things. And it was actually my brother-in-law who said to me, you, you need to do something. So he taught me how to make sourdough. So um, I've been baking sourdough for a year. And uh, this morning I challenged myself to make croissant. They are like the hardest thing to make. Um, from scratch. So just before I uh, came online, I took 24 croissants out of the oven. Uh, some were a bit browner than others. <laughs> but again, for me, it was like just about challenging myself to do kind of all the things that I've never had time to do, you know. So um, I'll put a picture of the, the, the croissant on my Twitter later. But, um, you know, for me, it's, it's just about trying to use the time as productively as possible, but also having like some downtime as well. So not all about goal setting. Um, sometimes it's about you know now and again goal setting but but lots of the time it's about kind of reading and you know do, doing things that I just haven't had time to do to be honest. No brilliant um, so some of the messages that are coming in dancing around the living room uh, I like that right. idea um, getting up at the same time and going for a cycle yes. great, yeah great one and I think um, the other thing for me for me as well is that um, getting dressed is really important <laughs> So when, when we were first put on lockdown, I was like, yeah, PJs and onesie, you know, every day. But, um, you know, I found really, really quickly and it's something that uh, I knew was going to help me because it's helped me through other tricky times before is actually getting up, having a shower and getting dressed is actually really, really important or just changing the, the way, changes the way that you feel about the rest of the day. So for me, it's, it's really important. Uh, in line with that, uh, Marsha's put, I put lipstick on today. Um, not Ooh, me, uh, Marsha put lipstick on today. Uh, <laughs> another person um, said they are learning to play the guitar, uh, mm. which I think is a great idea, trying to pick up a new hobby. Um, We're going to spend a dog, um, <laughs> sitting in the garden in the sun and doing yeah. work calls and just getting some natural sunlight. Uh, my wife and I have three small boys. We've got a seven-year-old, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And every day we've decided to just walk up our road and go and look at one bud on a on a tree, and we're what we're, we're taking a photo every single day, um, mm. because I think for for me and for my wife, we're saying we've never actually watched spring happen. No, we it just happens around us, and so what we've tried to do is be really purposeful mm. about getting out the house and just walking up the road and just watching this one bud, which I'm hoping is is going to bloom and not get. <laughs> otherwise that'd be really That's a lot of pressure to put on, put on. <laughs> but like just watch it and and be really purposeful about that uh, i think well. that, i think those for me those mindfulness i mean because that's what you're talking about really those mindfulness kind of techniques and those things are again things that have definitely helped me through through tricky times before yeah. I, I think the thing for me was that um when when this happened when it started to happen my my diary com was completely decimated um, so I was I was meant to be filming the Thursday after we got you know we after this kind of broke that that was stopped. Um, all of the uh, TV and media stuff has just completely and utterly stopped. Um, all of uh, all of any any training that I was involved with has completely stopped. And and so for me it felt very I felt completely out of control of the situation because decisions were obviously important life-saving decisions were being made but I felt as if I was not in control of any of it yeah. so for me it was really important to think about 
you know, a different time in my life when I didn't feel as if I was in control of that either. In fact, I very much wasn't in control of it uh, when, when my partner died. Um, but for me, it was really important to remember not only what that loss of control felt like and how uncomfortable it made me feel, but also the positive things that actually helped me during that time. Yeah. And to kind of reach, although it's a, on a completely different scale, obviously this is like a, a global pandemic, you know, when, when our family and our friends went through the trauma of losing Mark, it was, it was very different. But for me personally, I don't, I don't know what you feel, Peter, as a, a mental health professional, but with, without really realising it, I've kind of dipped back into those coping mechanisms. And I think it's... Um, it's been really helpful to me. So those things that I knew about, you know, goal setting and getting dressed and all those really simple things for me, I, I felt myself kind of dipping back into them. But, yeah. but because when everything stopped, I, I felt like um, it made me face a few uncomfortable truths. Uh, let, let's put it that way. I think, I think one thing which I'm becoming more aware of is kind of viewing COVID-19 as a little bit of a traumatic life experience yeah um I mean, when i do a training i talk about a car accident being a traumatic life experience but i think yeah. i think what we're going through is uh traumatic um i mean i'm not on the front line so i'm not seeing any of that trauma but the the feelings that i am having yeah um are can be associated alongside trauma and what, what i mean by that is i am more anxious than normal yeah. I, I feel more out of control. I feel um, like there is so much that I, I need to do. And I, I find myself waking up. Uh, so I think it was yesterday. I either was waking up or going to sleep. I, I, did, a, I did a conversation like this with, with Joe. Um, but I had another one of these where I woke up and suddenly found myself in an argument with my boss when I worked in a bank back in 2003, you know? Um, <laughs> And how easy it is for the uncertainty of a time like this yeah. taking us back mm. to situations where we felt the same, where we felt out of control, where yeah. we felt um, like that. And I think kind yeah. of for, for your level of trauma and, and what you went through as a family, um, mm. being able to draw on those resources of how you coped then yeah. to enable you to cope now, I think that's really vital and, and not to lose that. Um, I think the thing was, it wasn't a deliberate act either. You know, it was kind of, for me, it's, it, it, you know, I, do, I don't, I, I feel in control of what's happening in my house. <laughs> I don't really feel in control of anything else at the moment. And I think, again, it, it's just quite disturbing and very, very unsettling. But I think without even realising it, I kind of started to link back into those things with, you know, without it being a deliberate, okay, this is how I felt then and this is what I'm going to do now it was very much a kind of a natural um a, a natural process really but I think the the the, the feelings around loss of control and just loss in general actually have been quite quite difficult for me to kind of process really um uncomfortably I've kind of realized how much of my identity and how much of my self-worth I actually get from work <laughs> which is um probably very similar to lots of lots of you actually but um I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that because yeah. I think I think there's kind of two there's 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 two sides of that isn't there there's uh for, for me and for, for you having um 
working freelance and our work being going out and meeting people yeah. we've suddenly been presented with a no work situation and everything's yeah. stopping um, where there are a lot of people who have simply just moved their work from the office to home um, still expected to be doing the work but suddenly mm. in an environment where work is really not conducive I when I when I do have admin days I deliberately don't work from home because is, is, I have three small children like, and working from home is not a thing for me. Um, like we're building up to the queue where one of your children is going to kind of crawl into the room and you, your wife is going to kind of drag them out backwards. <laughs> uh, so they, they have gate crashed a couple of my of my meetings yeah. uh, already and some of you have experienced <laughs> um, But this is just it and I was talking to, to some, yeah. of the, some of my friends who, who have similar age kids to us and they said, we, we both work. Yeah. And we're both expected to, to still be working yeah. while trying to homeschool and trying to parent and huge amount of pressure. And and I put a, a message out or post out on, on LinkedIn the other day at eight o'clock in the evening deliberately to say, Is anyone still working? Yeah. Because they are being forced to work into the evenings. Uh, and then it's about how do I shut down? Yeah. So as I can still be still be in a healthy place when I go to sleep and not still buzzing around in my work head and all of that. Um, so that's a question out again to, to you guys to, to answer. Um, how are you getting on with working in the evenings? Um, and how are you shutting down? How are you getting your brain out of work so as you can get your brain to, to relax and go to sleep? Because I know that if I close my computer and then go to bed, my brain is still whizzing for about two hours there was um there was a, a an artist called ryan gander who who i just adore and it, it made me laugh because on his instagram the other day i saw on his instagram he'd made his kids get up at the same time that they get up to go to school he got them to put their school uniforms on and they they had like an early finish <laughs> but actually it was amazing the shift in mentality of the kids because they fully expected to do schoolwork because they had their uniform on and I think it's exactly the same for us as well it's almost like that's the cue you know um to, that lets you know that actually that's what you're going to do now you're going to do work so it, it's so strange to be at home and still having to like slot into that kind of work mode you know yeah no absolutely um and I'm <laughs> I so want to keep talking and I'm aware that kind of time is, is ticking away yeah. on us uh, yeah. without even realising. But I want to just kind of pick, pick up on some of this. So um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through. So, um, so uh, Shishil, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, says we've got a three-year-old and yeah. eight-month-old twins. Um, um, so it's super hard for us to keep the balance between work and childcare. Keeping a three-year-old entertained is yeah. a, destroying the work-life balance. Um because I'm having to always be on and I totally, totally hear that and get that. My two-year-old just doesn't understand it. And my four-year-old just wants to play Lego all day. Um, yeah. And uh, Catherine says, I start early as my kids are older, um, but I wear a skirt and then kind of dress down towards the end of the day just to give yeah. her a little bit of a mental health shift just in, in what she's wearing. And I think that's, that's great. Um, it's not easy. 
and listen to adult sleep stories to help me go to sleep. <laughs> Some other people talking about their, their sleep. Um, but I think, I think what's gorgeous though, and I've seen this like a lot on my, certainly on my Twitter, is just people being really nice to each other, you know, and kind of just reaching out and saying, actually, I'm really struggling with a three-year-old and eight-month-old twins or whatever anyone got any ideas you know and I think there's been certainly my timeline looks like a beautiful utopia of kindness at the moment you know and, and I'm, I'm really really enjoying that and people like finding different ways to stay in touch people actually being nice to each other people you know I've had more conversations with all of my neighbors in the last 48 hours that then are having the 12 years that I've lived here you know and um some of that is my fault you know some of that is because we're all busy and we don't see each other. We leave at different times in the morning or whatever, but now people are around, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I hope in a way that that's the collective learning from this is that actually just to value each other a bit more and, and to find different ways like this, you know, with a, I, I'm looking at you all just higher, <laughs> but it, you know, things like this are just gorgeous to actually just get together at three o'clock in the afternoon and have a coffee and, and have a conversation, you know, it's, um, it's not something that I would have ever had time to do before. So I just think it's, um, I think we can learn so much from each other, but I, I do love the, the level of altruism that, 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 that there is at the moment, you know? Yes. And uh, Rakesha's put, um, Joe Wicks, 9am PE, is really helping kickstart the little ones. I, I've been involved with that as well. Um, and you know what? It kickstarts me, my gosh. I, I am very aware that my, my kids are an awful lot fitter than I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> embarrassing um but very true my, my kids are older now my kids are 30 and 19 so i think if i tried to get them up in the morning to do, do joe wicks i think i would be on hide into nothing so amazing <clears throat> so we've got about seven minutes before the end of this session um together and i just want to again put it out to you are there any questions that you have um and it could be questions about um what do we do uh, it could be questions about anything mental health related it could just be life questions if you'd really like um yeah and uh, uh angela and i've been talking so because uh, angela has uh has an amazing story about how she has uh journeyed through the the suicide of her husband we're going to do uh more sessions and these sessions mentality meet sessions are every monday at 11 o'clock to 11 30 and every thursday three o'clock till 3 30 um and i'm talking with uh Angela's part of a, a collective called Speakers Collective. Yeah. Um, and these and are. Marsha and there's a few of the people I'm here that are part of it. Um, and I'm going to be chatting with them every Monday and every Thursday up until Mental Health Awareness Week, which is the 18th to the 22nd of May, where we're then going to do uh, panels and we're going to have specific questions um, panels. Um, for around different topics during mental health awareness week and we're still trying to figure all that out but it will get there so a quick quick question from kathy um do you have isolation strategies for yourself uh, separate to your partner and little ones um angela do you have any kind of separation uh, isolation ideas so I am really, really lucky that I have a home office and that very much is like my space. So nobody comes in here unless they're invited. So I think that that for me is definitely a massive strategy because I have never, uh, I think this time actually in all seriousness is going to put a massive strain on people's relationships. You know, I, I don't think I've spent so much time with my partner like 
ever because usually I'm off working or around the country or you know wherever I am in the world but this is I mean I think respecting each other's um, boundaries is absolutely key because it's this it's just so strange to be forced together for such a lot of the day and 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 kind of be having the same experiences all the time so it's not like how was your day or how was your day because our days are the same so I think for me physically having a, a space I, I i heard it the other day that somebody has like an escape room um and this the escape room doesn't have to be another room in your house it can be an escape like chair so if you sit in that chair they know to just leave you alone and you just need some alone time and you just need to be not you know left to just have a little bit of space or even the stairs you know if somebody goes out and sits on the stairs that means that like actually they just need a bit of space because i think we're all under massive amounts of pressure to keep everything perfect all of the time and I don't know, I remember having babies and that's kind of impossible. My wife said that she needed to get some medicine from the uh, local pharmacy and ended up being in the queue for an hour. So that was quite a good isolation yeah. strategy to go for a walk to the chemist just yeah. to buy some toothpaste or something. Um, have I an excuse. Think, I think it might be it. Stand in the queue, be on your own, take a book. Um, I think it might uh, be a strategy by government actually you know this thing where one trolley one person going into the supermarkets now I think that's just to give us a bit of time on our own another couple of questions so how can you help others that are really struggling uh, concerned about a colleague who's struggling more than average um, with being in the same environment day after day um, there so we talk about kind of having a routine but also about yeah. having a, a difference of routine yeah and I think one of the best things you can do at the moment when you're supporting someone is is face-to-face -face contact like this yeah um, try and organize a, a, a conversation but also be aware of your own mental health journey because sometimes we're not the right person to have that face-to-face -face call with um so try and find a, a little network ask them if yeah. there's anyone that they would be willing to talk to at this time try and find maybe five people uh, three or five people who can call throughout the week um, yeah. so as it's not just left to you no it's okay just to say actually um to ask people whether they want face-to-face -face phone calls or just like a regular phone call because actually i think the pressure on people's houses to look perfect right now is massive so i think just asking asking people how do you want to be contacted or even just setting up like a whatsapp group or just having a, a whatsapp is 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 kind of can be brilliant actually and actually making an arrangement to ring someone at the same time every day just for a few days actually can can, can be great as well yes and james has put um what do you think are the next priorities to move mental health slash illness forward um and that's a that's a great question i think Personally, uh, if I were to, to cat catastrophize a little bit, um, I think we may find that we're struggling a little bit more in a week or two when we've uh, got this honeymoon period. Because I don't know about you, but it's like, oh, this is all still quite quite new. Um, but, but you agree though Peter like the stuff that people you and I and lots of other people here have been saying for a long time is that 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 um, link between physical and mental health is absolutely paramount to, to us all, our, our own health and well-being. And it feels as if that conversation has just massively ramped up now because people are really, really getting to grips with that concept now, you know. So again, it feels as if, if, if we make sure that enough 
it, it, you know enough things are in place it feels like people are quite kind of quite empowered at the moment to kind of um to, to do things themselves and to be proactive in that and i just wanted to mention the hub of hope as well um which is a a free um thing that we use um which can actually you can put your postcode into into the hub of hope you put your postcode in it tells you what's around you but also every service on there is is um all have phone numbers as well so just you know you can have a look at the the, the hub of hope and see what's around you and see what you can link in with and if you've got somebody you're worried about at the other end of the country you can actually use their postcode to actually have a look what's around them and actually phone them up and say actually there's this this service that you might be able to phone or you might be able to FaceTime um, so again it's just thinking about ways that we can stay connected because I think we've all got people around the world and around the country that we're really worried about that we can't physically get close to at the moment no absolutely um are there any other questions out there um from anyone uh we've just got a, another minute or so so we're, we're kind of at, so at 3 30 but we've got another couple of minutes left on the timer um Great. so if anyone does have any other questions <laughs> do do share yeah Angela, with my family um because i'm i'm aware that i only wanted this to to be about half an hour uh, with a bit of time in lieu just to just to get things going but I, I did a call with my family so I've, I've kept with the free zoom option because I'm a cheapskate um and at 40 minutes it literally shuts everything down uh oh, really? so there won't be time to say goodbye if I don't time it right um but any other um, questions so uh Marcia's just saying I had uh some therapy back in 2001 that changed my life and that this wow. time like this where we are just chatting in a group uh, feel very much the same and is very needed. So thanks for that, Marsha. Uh, and the is, um, how can we cope if family aren't well and we can't help? And I don't know, uh, Ricky, whether that's mental health unwell or just health unwell. Um, and with mental health, it's so difficult when it's a loved one and someone that you're living with who's struggling with their mental health. Um, I think the the best thing that we can do is is be just be with people um, allow allow the raw emotions um, which sounds really easy to say but really difficult to live in mm. um, allow them to talk if they want to um, but I would also say find support for yourself yeah so uh, just to kind of throw out some support ideas okay um, support that's out there. So if you work in a company, uh, which is a, a fairly big company, you'll have something called an employee assistance program, an EAP. Through the EAP, you can access counseling. You can access counseling within approximately two weeks. Okay. This is the quickest way of accessing counseling in the UK at the moment. Okay. Um, externally, if you don't have an employee assistance program, you have the IAPT, which is the Improved Access to Psychological Therapies. And you need to Google IAPT and your local area. Okay. If you are really struggling and desperate to talk with someone, uh, the Samaritans is amazing. Okay. And you can call the Samaritans again, totally free on 116123. Okay. So 116123. There's also now an app out there called Shout, uh, which is the first 24-7 text service available. And if you text Shout to 85258, I have to try and visualize it in my head, uh, 85258, um, then someone will text you back and get back in contact with you uh, yeah. to be able to talk to you about your mental health. So Employee Assistance Programme or the IAPT for counselling. 
uh, the Samaritans on 11623 and text SHOUT to 85258. Uh, if you want to know more about your own mental health journey and your own level of weird, Mentality is a fantastic resource that's out there and available as well. And that's mentality.work. So www.mentality.work if you would like. Um, but I think when, you when need we to are get talking about family, it's really hard. Sorry, Angela. You need to get busy on Twitter. You're not using your Twitter. I'm not You're using my Twitter. You're on LinkedIn, aren't you, and Instagram? LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn you need right. to... <laughs> uh, and also, if you're trying to figure out how to homeschool and how to work from home, my brother has nine kids. I know. Um, and uh, uh, he has just done some videos uh, helping people just explore how to create routine and structure and chores and everything else. So he's actually been homeschooling and working from home for the last 13 years. So this isn't a new thing for him. Um, and he's put some videos out. Again, that's on my LinkedIn feed. Uh, if you want to try and find uh, a video and I'm posting out another one, I think tomorrow morning. Uh, can, if I, can I just say, Peter, that um creating moments like this i think are absolutely fundamental to how we're going to get through this you know bringing people together you know me sitting here in in on the we're all kind of looking at pages and pages of, of the faces of strangers is beautiful and i just think things like this are, are actually what what is going to get us through actually is that just being positive together recognizing the fact that we all have heightened anxiety at the moment you know I mean I, I went out for the first time yesterday and and it was very unsettling it was like Christmas kind of 1985 when nothing was open and nobody was around um but it was it was eerily quiet and very unsettling so I think my anxiety level kind of went up and I see myself as somebody who has kind of anxiety and kind of the, the normal range I suppose really the mid-range um I'm not somebody who who thank god doesn't suffers suffers with anxiety but for me even when i came in it was like it was almost like being safe at home again you know it was the, um it was the strangest feeling so i think just recognizing the fact that we all have heightened anxiety at the moment we all feel a bit out of control we all feel a bit lost and a bit uncertain and you know just recognizing that i think is 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 just such a positive thing to do you know Thank you. Now, I'd like to take a quick photo of people's faces, but I am aware that I need to ask for your consent to take your photo. So if you don't want to take a photo, feel free to exit your screen. Um, otherwise, do your hair, uh, put your lipstick on, Marsha. That'd be amazing. Uh, and then we'll kind of say hi. So three, two, one. Marsha's always got her lipstick on. So we're going we're gonna to go for... Uh, uh, I'm going to post that out later. But OK, I'm gone. I've got less than a minute. So I'm going to say thank you so much. Log yourselves out. Take care. God bless. And bye-bye now. Thank you so thank much for joining so us. Much. Take care as well. Bye-bye. Thank you.